So some of us maybe know this, there's, uh, for Christmas, there, there are four different sets of readings that uh, the, a person can choose from when, when offering Mass. So there's uh, the prayers, even for the Mass, in the, this big book here, the Roman Missal. There, there are four different times that the Mass is typically offered. So there's the Vigil Mass, which is like, you know, the, the four to six o'clock range, four to seven o'clock range on Christmas Eve. And then there's Mass at night, uh, which is commonly called the Midnight Mass, but just any time during the night uh, when, when it's dark out. And then there's Mass at dawn, uh, which we're offering this morning, and then Mass during the day. So there's that. And then the readings correspond with the same names, but, but the, the thing the church allows is that the readings can be switched up. So I, I like to choose this set of readings because, because it's different, right? It's, we come to Christmas Mass and, and we expect to hear about, about the story, right? We expect to hear about like, Okay, well, Mary gave birth to Jesus, and there wasn't room for them at the inn, and, and so, you know, they had, to, they had to wrap him in swaddling clothes and put him in a manger, and then the angels and the shepherds, we want to hear about that. Um, and, and rightly so, right? It's Christmas. But at the same time, I, I like these sets of readings for a couple of reasons. One, because I just, there's something satisfying about disappointing people, you know? Uh, there's just something about that that's so nice. Uh, no, but what it does actually, one of the things it, it, allows, it allows me to do is actually issue to you, like put it back on you, right? Like this isn't the only time today that you have to read, hear scripture, right? When you go home today, tonight, whenever you're celebrating with your family, bust out your Bible, open it up to Luke chapter two and read verses one through 20. You can do that. You don't have to. Of course, if you don't, everyone here is hearing it. So they're going to know that if you don't, everyone's going to know about it, right? But you don't have to, but nonetheless, you can do this. You can go home and you can read the Christmas story yourself. This is the beautiful thing, actually, that, that you know, we, th this modern technology, it allows for us to have things like the Bibles in our homes and, and we can read it. And, and actually, let, you know, because this is something that I'm aware of, um, so many times in our celebrations, and this, is, this was the case for me growing up, it, it can still be the case for me now, that in our celebrations, it's like we come to church and it's like, oh, great, got that out of the way, right? And now I can just enjoy the rest of the holiday with family, friends, talking about whatever. But I think, I think the Lord, right, if, if, if it's true that he's everywhere, then I think he wants to be included as part of our celebrations. It doesn't mean he needs to be, like, the only thing that we talk about. But I think, I think it's a really worthwhile thing to include that as part of your family meal or your your you know, before you open presents or whatever it is, to just say like, okay, let's, let's remind ourselves what today is really all about, which is celebrating the birth of our Savior. This, that's the first, first reason I like to choose this set of readings is because it actually, it, it, it kind of lends itself to an encouragement to carry more celebration of Jesus into the rest of your day. But the second, the second reason is that this set of readings, it shows us that this baby is not just any baby. Right? If, if this baby, if, if all there is to see about him is what we see on the surface, that, that he's just a baby who's born in a manger and there, there, there wasn't room, so his parents are poor, and if that's all there is to him, then, then what the heck are we doing here? Right? But, but as it is, as we hear in our, our gospel passage, right, that, that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and that Word took on human flesh and dwelt among us. If that's true, that beneath the surface of what we see in the story, there is something far more incredible, right? To, to really let yourself think about this. I, I think, I think we're, because it's so familiar to us, we can, we can kind of let it 
Oh yeah, I know the story. No, but try to let yourself think about this. This is Almighty God who has always existed. It's through him, the Gospel of John tells us, it's through him that everything is made. Nothing that exists was made without him. And it's that God who comes down, not just to be born as a baby, but to be born as a poor baby. Not just to be born as a poor baby, but to be born in the cold, shivering environment of a cave, or stable, whatever you want to call it. He lets himself be humiliated. It's incredible. It's, it's, and so for me, it, like pointing to that sort of beneath the surface, it's, it's so good because I know that we live in a world and, and I know that my tendency is to just look at the surface. And if all I'm doing is looking at the surface, then I miss out on so much of, of what's going on there. I miss out on, on so much of what's going on there, right? Which we know this ultimately leads to the crucifixion. I miss out on so much of, even just like outside of that, I miss out on so much of the reality of every individual person before me. Because our faith teaches that, that there's so much more beneath the surface than what meets the eye. And so this, this reminder to me is, is so helpful and so important. And it actually, it draws something out of me, and I hope it does the same for you, that, that for, for me as a preacher, preaching on these big days, it's, it's of course very exciting, but there's also, I, I feel something of, a, something of a burden for a number of reasons, because, because there's, there's extra people at Mass, whether it's visitors from out of town or people who don't normally come to Mass. And so for me, it's like, I, I want to preach, of course, in such a way that, that hopefully can inspire all of us to, to love God better. But then... Even more than that, right? Like, like I, 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 I want to please you guys, and I want to, I want to serve you, and I want to care for you as a priest. But, but more than that, I want to, I want to honor this because this is such an incredible mystery that, that it just, I want to speak about it in such a way that, that I can truly honor this baby. I want to speak about it in such a way that I can truly honor this God who is so incredible and so great. And as I do that, the hope is that, that also it, it can stir something up within you that, that helps you to see that, that maybe all of us could do something more to honor Jesus. Not just during this one hour of our lives, but, but during every day and every moment of our lives. That's, that's all. And so there's, there's like this, this sense of burden here. So now with, with that, like as, I, as I've been praying about this, this homily and, and this day, there's just... There's kind of a series of questions that, that are coming to my mind that I think all of us can reflect on. And they're, they're, they're meant to be reflection questions. Because again, I know that we live in a busy, noisy world that just doesn't really lend itself to real reflection. We live in a busy, noisy world, even in small towns like this, that we just, I don't know if we forget or we ignore or we just get caught up with life that we don't do a lot of reflecting. Again, we don't do a lot of looking beneath the surface. And I think these questions are, are meant to do that. The simple questions. What are you looking for? Where are you looking for it? And is that the best place? It's something we can look at with, with deeper questions or deeper issues, and we will, but, but just really simple, right? So, so something on the surface, right? What, what, you open up your fridge. What are you looking for? I don't know, actually. I'm just kind of bored. What are you looking for? Well, I'm hungry. Okay, well, are you looking in the right place? 
Or where are you looking for it? Well, I'm looking in the fridge. Are you looking? Is that the right place? Yes, it might be the right place. Sometimes, though, it's not actually. What are you, what are you looking for? Oh, I just want to have a really relaxing afternoon. Where are you going to look? Maybe I'll watch the Vikings game. Are you looking in the right place? No, right? Some, like, so, so we, just to simply, like, you can carry this into everything you do. Right? What are you looking for? Everything you do, everything you say, the people you talk about, the people you interact with, the things you're doing online, the things you're listening to in the car or on your phone, you know, whatever it is, what are you looking for? Let yourself ask that question. Let, let yourself hear that question. And sometimes that question, right, it's really simple. Like, of course, I know what I'm looking for and I'm going to the exact right place and I'm finding exactly what I'm looking for. But sometimes I think if we let ourselves really think about that question, what am I looking for? And, and where am I looking and is that the best place? Sometimes it might actually help me and help you understand that maybe there's a better place to look. Now we can get to the deeper questions too as well, right? Like with your life, how you're living your life, what are you looking for? What is it that you desire deepest in your heart, in your mind? Like what is it that, that you long for? Satisfaction, purpose. Where are you looking for it? And is that the right place? Again, some of us can say this, like, yeah, I, I, know, I know exactly what I'm looking for, and I know exactly where to look for it, and I'm, this is exactly what I'm, I'm hoping for. But maybe for some of us, this sort of reflection can actually be a moment to say, okay, maybe I haven't actually thought about this too much. Where am I looking for satisfaction? Where am I looking for meaning and purpose in my life? And is that the right place? Or, right, maybe, maybe I can give myself permission to look, and look somewhere else. And the thing is, this, like, this is a question that's not new. John chapter 1 is, is the gospel passage that, that we heard from. Uh, later on in John chapter 1, Jesus, he's walking. So as, a, as an adult, he's, he's walking and he sees a couple of guys following after him from a distance. And he turns around at them suddenly and he just says, what are you seeking? What are you looking for? Because they see in Jesus, they see something, somebody different. And so they're, they're just kind of following him at a distance. And, and what it causes is it causes Jesus to turn around and just ask the same question. So I think, I think it's worthwhile for us to ask this. But I also think it's worthwhile for us today, specifically, to look at the crib, to look at baby Jesus and ask him the same question, right? If this is truly the God of the universe, the God through whom everything was created, and he comes down and he's born as a baby and placed in a manger, we just ask Jesus the same question. Jesus, what are you looking for? Right, and this, right, it leads all the way up to this, to the cross. And so it's like, Jesus, what are you looking for? There's never been a more humiliating way to die in history. What are you looking for up there, Jesus? And you can just hear him say the words, I'm looking for you. I came to find you. Because I see that my child is lost. I see that my child is, is looking in all the wrong places, actually, for satisfaction, for purpose, for meaning, for happiness. I see that my child is looking in all the wrong places for, for the eternal, the thing that, that goes above everything that we experience on this earth. And so I came to find you. Well, Jesus, are, are you finding what you're looking for? 
jury's still out. Our gospel passage tells us this. He came to what was his own, but his own people did not accept him. Why is Jesus up there? Well, yes, he's looking for us, but in part, he's up there because in looking for us, we didn't accept him. And so we put him there. Right? This is the thing, and we know this, that not everybody believes in Jesus. And that's, that's this great tragedy because he comes specifically to look for you. And not all of us see him. Not all of us let ourselves be found by him because for, for a number of reasons, insecurity, fear, rebelliousness, our own stubbornness, whatever it is, not all of us accept him. Insistence on our own ways, a refusal to follow his commands, whatever it is. And so he goes to such great lengths because he, he pulls out all the stops to try to just capture our attention and win our hearts. Hoping that maybe, maybe by one final act of desperation, he can find us and we can let ourselves be found by him. And this is the thing too, right? Just, just like not everybody accepts him, some do. And this is what it says, the very next line. But to those who did accept him, he gave power to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, to those who did accept him. This, this is the beautiful thing, right? Is, is that, yes, the jury's still out to, to really find out whether he's found us or not. And this is the thing. I know that some of us, some, some of you, have been following Jesus for longer than I've been alive. I'm aware of that. But I also know, based on my own experience and what I've seen in other people, that even though a person might follow him for decades, for years and years and years, I know that probably for all of us, our hearts are not fully given over to him. Our hearts are not fully found by him because we keep part of ourselves reserved from him. We keep part of ourselves hidden from him. And so really, it's, it's a question for all of us, not just, not just for people who, who aren't church people. It's a question for all of us. Are you willing to let yourself be fully found by Jesus, fully discovered by him, where you hide nothing from him, Keep nothing from him. And when you let yourself be found by him, when you let yourself be accepted by him, then you find, right, he gives power to you to become children of God. And when you are a child of God, it's then that he gives you that purpose, that meaningfulness, the happiness that you're looking for. He gives you what is eternal because he leads you into what is eternal. So that ultimately, as you go about living your lives, you, you find yourself, yeah, sure, you might be doing some of the same things. But you actually find that you're not looking for your happiness in whether or not the Vikings win. You don't find yourself looking for happiness in whether or not your presidential candidate becomes the president. You, you don't find yourself looking for happiness in, in what the weather is going to do. You don't even find yourself looking for happiness in your physical bodily health. But you find that when you let yourself be found by Jesus, that it all of those things could be falling apart in your life. But as long as you know that you're found by him, that you're seen by him, that you matter to him, then that's all that really matters to you. So I think, I think for us, the Lord just simply wants to invite us to spend this time reflecting, yes. But more than anything, he wants to let us, let him find us. So that's just maybe the big encouragement to let yourself be found by Jesus, to surrender to him, to give your life to him.
because he's the only one that can lead you to the Father. He's the only one that can lead you into eternity.